millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everybody, welcome to a lockdown edition of the Unplayable Podcast. Uh, and joining us in isolation today is uh, Kane Richardson and... Peter Sill from Victoria. G'day, guys. Hello. Morning, Sammy. How are we, how are we spending uh, the quarantine? It's been a shock to everyone's system, but uh, how have you guys, starting with you down there, Sid, how have you been spending your time and isolating from uh, and keeping your distance from everyone else? Uh, it's been pretty low-key. I think um, it's been quite enjoyable, to be fair. I'd, um, I was meant to be landing in England a, a week ago, so... Um, it's actually been nice to spend some time at home, um, something I haven't done in about four years. So um, with the family and the, the wife and the dogs, it's, um, yeah, it's been nice just to actually chill out at home, uh, spend some time here, enjoy it and um, relax. But uh, I don't know how much longer this is going to last. I'm uh, starting to get a little bit crazy. <laughs> and Richard, you, you haven't grown the quarantine beard. You've always sort of had that. But uh, maybe it's time for SIDS to do that. What do you reckon? Now's the time. You can you can do whatever you. I might even go the Sam Ferris haircut. I think like the because why not? I'm not going to see anyone for. What's that supposed to mean? I'll just go the pockets, you know. So um, hey, yeah, boys, now's, now's the time fair. to try it. Speaking of, <laughs> no, speaking of, you're yeah, the missus, um, the missus got on the trimmer, and if you can actually see, I've got like a little um, oh, no. for like the, the the rare the rare fade. So um, the mullet almost. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's not long enough yet, but um, Zams wants me to try and grow it out. But um, it's just yeah, a little right. bit of a stoin, stoin at the moment. Um, but uh, that's yeah, amazing. that's about that's about as rare as I'm going to get, um, Richard. And you never know. I, I might even go blonde. Might as well try it. Now's the time. Seriously, all you're going <laughs> to see is people at the supermarket and people at the over where you walk your dogs. Where else are you going to see Correct. anyone? And you, you wear a hat well anyway. Now. That's right. I've got the hat on at the moment. You've got to try things, you know. I so it might, that's, that's it might right. work, it might not. Exactly. And what you do is you just put it on social media and then call it some challenge and everyone's doing it. <laughs> Correct. You just fit in then. Influencer. That's right. Have you been, uh, have you been following Big Stoin on the, on the social media? He's getting his high celebrity mates there and doing all kinds of different challenges. No, he's been enjoying it, hasn't he, the big story? Um, it's, it's, it has been interesting to watch. Um, I haven't joined in in any, um, but uh, I, I did like his one the other day when he was all suited up and, um, and his mum mum cooking lasagna for him. It was um, quite, a, quite a good video. <laughs> Sid, how have you been staying fit? Because you're still a, a, an active cricket. Like you said, you should be over there in Essex right now. So how have you been uh, keeping fit and active? Uh, it's actually been a good time for me because I've always enjoyed um, triathlons and Ironman and stuff like that. I've always been fascinated by the athletes um, in that field and being a cricketer and always playing, you don't really have time to train for those and participate in any events. So um, all my training's pretty much been based around triathlons, which has been nice. So long runs, rides, um, plenty of swimming. Um, so a lot different than a normal cricket preparation, but um, yeah, something I'm really enjoying and 
um, working up to hopefully in a yeah, couple of weeks' time, I'll I'll do my first Olympic length um, triathlon, which should be uh, interesting to see how I go. We've still got a couple of years left on contracts, but is this the next step for Peter Siddle? <laughs> I don't think um, I don't think I'll be setting any any, any records. That's for sure. But um, yeah, to tick a couple of boxes and and, and uh, have a bit of fun with it. Um, yeah, definitely. I think um, you tend to look around the world and a lot of the uh, a lot of the real good um, triathletes are, are of the older age. So uh, I think I'm starting to come into my prime. So who knows? <laughs> there might be another career path um, afterwards. Let's just see. Have you had a bowl? When's the last time you had a bowl? Nah. No chance. I haven't even picked up a cricket ball. Don't worry about that. <laughs> no, they're, they're locked away in the cupboard. I think I might have threw them out um, a couple of weeks ago. So I think, um, especially now that um, England's uh, um, out, out of the cart at the, at the, in the short uh, time, um, yeah, there won't be no cricket to be worried about here. Um, I'll worry about that down the track. But um, no, I'm, I'm, all I'm worried about is making sure the bike's running well, my legs are good, and, uh, and my swimming technique's all right. So I'm, I'm going okay at the minute. Have you been keeping in contact with your teammates and your friends? Are you, uh, you said you're not real familiar with the Zoom concept, but uh, WhatsApp, FaceTiming, are you uh, in all those group messages? Yeah, uh, everyone's tried to get me on, yeah, on obviously Zoom and house party and all, and all that type of thing. But no, nah, just the WhatsApp, just a pretty standard, just uh, staying in touch with the mates, give them a, give them a normal call. Um, pretty simple. Uh, the, I've been following my Essex boys over in England. Have been playing uh, every Wednesday night. They do a quiz night, um, so I might have to join in one of those. Now that I know how to use Zoom, um, I might be able to join in on a quiz night with the lads. Um, but yeah, no, nah, it's, it's obviously been a bit weird for everyone, but um, it's been nice to obviously stay in touch, see how everyone's going, and uh, make sure everyone's doing all right. Richo, with the all group chats, who's cracking the most? the quickest like who do you think is starting to slip into some kind of mild insanity during this isolation lockdown i don't i don't tend to work in group chat so i have i have one current one that's with um zamps and alex carey just being south australians on tour recently so we've kept that one going but zamps doesn't reply for like 18 days because he'll He'll be in northern New South Wales and I don't know if they get phone service there, but he'd be doing something strange. So I would say him, but I reckon he's probably enjoying this more than anyone else on earth because he doesn't have to speak to anyone or see anyone that he doesn't want to. So um, probably me. You're probably cracking. me. What about <laughs> you, cracking. Zams is definitely in his, he's in his element right now. He, he always wants to be in lockdown. So now he's in a permanent <laughs> lockdown. He's in heaven. <laughs> That's true. Actually, Kez, Kez, because he has a kid, I reckon that would be, I reckon that would be tough. I reckon Kez yeah. would be close to cracking. He wouldn't admit it, but having a a, a young child running around at home, yeah, that would be tough. All the parents, all the parents are struggling yeah. right now. I reckon. Yeah, it's fine having dogs, isn't it, Sid? <laughs> dogs easy. We wear them out at the park in half an hour. They got to sleep for the rest of the day. It's brilliant. <laughs> I was going to say, how are you dealing with all these? Animals you got to look after, Sids. Nah, it's great. It's it's actually nice to be able to um, spend some time with them, be home, and um, you know just chill out. I think uh, they're probably struggling just as much as uh, more more than us probably, just because we're home all day. I think they're not used to having someone home all day, so they get pretty tired, worn out, uh, getting a, getting a one or two walks a day. Um, they've been pretty tough, but yeah, we in in the meantime we've been rescuing a few more. 
um, dogs. So yeah, we've pretty much we've probably in the in the last uh, month we've probably rescued five more and adopted them back out um, to to friends and uh, and people around town. So that's been enjoyable. That's kept us busy, and um, we've got another two here with us at the minute. So um, a bit of fun, madhouse at the moment. Have you seen Tiger King? Because you could be like the canine king. <laughs> I don't know. I, I watched a little bit of it. I, I didn't really enjoy um, enjoy where it was going, so I steered clear of it. There's there's too much uh, cruelty to tigers in there for me, so I steered clear of it. It was a bit of a head case, that bloke. And I, I don't think the chick was um, all that right either. So I think um, everyone in that old doco was a bit loopy. I think that's an accurate assessment. Um, <laughs> and you're right, it does get worse. So, um, well left. What's going on with the next summer? If it goes ahead, it's been some saying some things in the papers about uh, you playing for Tassie, Queensland, Australia, maybe moving we'll up. Have um, what's going on? Where are you going? I don't even know, mate. That's uh, that, that, that's the thing. Um, I think I think with all what with what's going on at the moment and around the world and um, obviously around Australian cricket that um, time is time's on our hands we've got no idea at the minute where things are going to head where contracts are going to be and how, how cricket's going to be this summer so um, I think at this, this stage it's just a waiting game um, obviously yeah I, I still want to play for Victoria and um, be at Victoria but yeah obviously yeah the, the, a few states have shown interest and that's not bad when you're you know you're going to be 36 37 um, it's it's nice nice to be wanted. So, but uh, yeah, I think in the next couple of weeks, um, I'll know where it all stands and where where all the movements will be. But um, yeah, it's actually nice just to not have to worry about cricket at the minute and just relax at home, enjoy some time at home with the family, and um, and have and rest up the body. Geez, it might be weird seeing Peter Siddle not in the navy blue of the Vicks. <laughs> I think people have got used to it a little bit when I moved it over to the Strikers and started playing Big Bash over there. I think, um, yeah, I think with Big Bash coming about, that's probably made it a little bit easier for, for the guys that have made changes over the years. Um, I think before Big Bash, no one ever thought about moving. I think pretty similar to AFL, no one used to move until the free agency came in and, and now players do it all the time. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I've been at, yeah, been at Victoria since I was sort of 19, you know, so uh, 16, 17 years, it's been a long time. Um, so hopefully, yeah, that um, that will stay that stay that way and um, be many more years to come. But I'm only getting older, and there's there's not a hell of a lot of cricket left in me. So we've got to see uh, what the future holds. Richo, what did the move from the Strikers to the Renegades do for your career? Was it a bit of a refresher? I mean, immediately not great because I think they won the comp as soon as you left. But uh, you thanks, got it. Thanks to Sids, yeah. <laughs> you got, you got it the we next pretty much year. straight swap, yeah. <laughs> That's right, oh, we straight swap and then and we was. both won one. So it's it's worked yeah, out great did. for both of us. It has, yeah. Um well I'm sure Sids is in the same boat, but just just to change up. I mean, I'd been first of all with the Redbacks since well, ten years ago at least, and then I was I did six years at the strikers. So I think for me it was just seeing the same, you know, Schwerty's the S and C and I was seeing him every day, even when it was big dash time and then you know, the coaches would change over a little bit, but I just felt like I needed to change it up. So, um, and, and having some closer mates who had moved to Melbourne and, and, and to Sydney and different teams and said they enjoyed it. They, they enjoyed going away. It's only six-week or eight-week commitment. So, it's not that, that big. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it was just about something different. And, and having Andrew McDonald as coach was, was an appeal as well. So, um, I've loved 
the three years there and I've still got a few more to go. But um, yeah, it was just a change up really. And I'm sure for Sids, it was the same kind of thing. What have you been watching? If you haven't been watching Tiger King, Sids, what have you been watching on the... Mate, I've been smacking out. <laughs> we've, been watching, we've, been, we've been watching plenty. The, the wife and I don't tend to watch much TV, um, especially when, when I'm away. She doesn't even turn on the TV. So um, we've been hooked on... We ended up getting into Billions. We started off with Billions. Mm. We, um, we smacked out the first four seasons of that in about two weeks. Um, that's 48 episodes and they're about an hour long. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of couch time. That's two days. That's two weeks. Um, but uh, yeah, so we watched that. Um, we've always been a big Blacklist fan. So um, season seven um, came out just uh, not long ago. Um, so been updating on that, a bit of Ozark. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's about it. A little bit of, bit of reading as well. So um, between, yeah, a bit, a bit of streaming uh, TV series and reading, that's been the, Killing the downtime. How about the test? You got through those eight episodes? Yeah, I got through those uh, pretty quickly at the start. Um, I'd already seen a couple of them, so I only had to tick off a couple more. But um, yeah, it's, it's sort of weird watching um, watching yourself and the team that you're involved with. Um, yeah, on TV like that, I think it's a bit different. The sort of seeing the behind the scenes stuff and everything like that, the change rooms and. Um, but yeah, I, I'd watched other series um, and other sports teams that had done it um, previously. And, yeah, to see us then, yeah, be a part of it was yeah, quite amazing. And from all reports, what I'm hearing, we got uh, – it's been good feedback. So that's uh, that's what we wanted and that was nice to see. Now, Richard hasn't seen it, but uh, we can oh, – what? Come on, we're not, mate. We're not spoiling it for him. <laughs> say that at the back end, Mitch Marsh really does steal the show. Um, he does. He's antics in the dressing Episode room. Episode 7. Yeah, best, the best episode. Um, I've seen that though, because I've seen that because Mitch got the video clip sent to him, and he went around and showed every single person <laughs> that was in the ground. I think at that point. Yeah. So I've seen no, that. It, it's good. that was that was brilliant. It was that there was actually a long day, and we had to pass the time somewhere else. So him and I just kept coming up with ideas of what he could do, and he just kept <laughs> reeling it off, and we're putting on tunes for him, and. Um, I think that was a good thing about it. Obviously, Mitch has copped a lot of grief over the years for, you know, getting selected firstly, which he can't control. And then, you know, like the, the pressures that comes with being an all-rounder. Um, so it was nice to see people just see him as a normal person, having fun, what he's like. Um, and, yeah, he's a great bloke to have around the team and, and he's a great mate. So, it's um, yeah, it was nice to see him like that. And I think, um, yeah, people will have loved seeing the different side of him um, throughout that series. He was also the key figure in the reenactment of the final wicket in Manchester as Craig Overton, <laughs> which he's dirty about because he doesn't think uh, he's the most aesthetically pleasing guy, Craig Everton. And he gets <laughs> <in with it. laughs> yeah, well, there's probably that, but um, you know, they, they, they both they both had the grey nickels bat. They're both tall, um, right-handed. They both plop. Yeah, right-handed. They both plonk that front foot there, don't they? So <laughs> <laughs> it worked out perfect um, to man to play. That's fantastic. Uh, let's go through some of your career highlights. Maybe we even work backwards, Sids, because of the, the that Ashes series. What did it mean for you to get on that tour and then to play in those games in what turned out to be your last uh, series as an international cricketer? Yeah, it was amazing. I think just going, like, leading up to that series probably the two years leading up to that once I 
was fit and the body was good again and fresh, that that was my goal just because I'd been over there three years, pre, uh, three times previously on Ashes trips and lost. So it was always a goal to get on that fourth one and, and hopefully try and, yeah, w- retain the Ashes. So to, to be able to get on that tour, um, be a part of that series, yeah, it ended up being my last tests and, um, and last matches played. So um, it's always going to be memorable for that. Um, it's, it's always been a memorable place for me. I do love playing cricket in England. So um, to finish on that note, um, was a, it was a big high. And um, that series, probably all in all, was probably yeah, one of the best series I ever played in um, from a team point of view. So to be a part of that um, was, a, was, in the end, a great way to go out. How about that last test match? You were called in, you replaced Mitch Stark. Um, but you had your hip. Didn't you at one point during that game? And then there's been so much made about Payne winning the toss and then bowling first. Uh, you can only really make decide if that's good or bad in hindsight. But uh, you had like two or three catches dropped off your bowling on that first day. So it could have been a good decision in the end. <laughs> it could have been. I, I, I had two dropped off me, but then I dropped one as well. So um, I think we dropped, <laughs> we dropped root uh, about three times in about half an hour, I reckon. So... Um, yeah, it, it, things could have been different. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah. There's so many things that could have happened differently in in any Test match, um, especially that one. But um, I guess that's that's the way the series rolls. And yeah, it was disappointing. I, I hurt my hip in the, yeah, the first pretty much the first 20 minutes of that of day one. So that, that didn't help before it even bowled a ball. So um, that made it harder. But you know, there's always challenges in Test cricket. That's why it's that's why it's hard. That's why it's tough. Um, yeah, so it was, a, it was a bit, when I look back on it, it's probably not the most memorable <laughs> match um, I'd been involved, involved with, um, and especially it was my last one. But, um, yeah, like I said, that series, um, it, it ticked off something that I wanted to achieve in my career, which was to retain the Ashes over in England. Um, yeah, to be able to tick that off in my last Test series um, is something that, um, yeah, I'm very proud of. That, uh, that first test match, probably much more memorable. Uh, and you said that you've never been so nervous batting out in the middle because you wanted to get Steve Smith to 100. <laughs> uh, he's got a great line in the doco where Nathan Lyon's trying to set up goals and little milestones. And he just tells Nathan, uh, using some expletives, to go at the other end and I'll get us to 300. Um, what, what's Steve Smith's like when he's out in the middle in the zone like that? It's it's different. He's different from anyone that you ever bat with. Obviously, with Lino in the last wicket, that's how he is. He's aggressive. He he wants to run the show. But more with me, especially once I'd got in a bit, um, there wasn't a lot said in our little chats. It was more just me talking to him, sort of you know, just keeping him focused and keep him going. Because yeah, he just he had enough trust in me to hold up the other end. And um, yeah, it, it definitely was the most, I don't usually get nervous when I'm batting. doesn't matter what I want, whether I'm getting close to 50 or um, whatever it is. Um, but that all it was that innings, all I wanted to do was be out there to get into a hundred. Um, so I've never been more nervous batting and then I've never been more disappointed in getting out. Um, I could, it didn't matter what I got out on. It was more just the fact that I got out on him and I wanted to be out there when he got that hundred. So um, to get him so close, um, thankfully, Nath got him over the line, so um, he could achieve that. Um, but yeah, I felt so bad when I went out just because he might have missed that opportunity. But um, yeah, to get back in the room, see and get it, um, that that was very pleasing. That got to be one of the, the best matches you've played in because really, you guys were down and out on day one, and then to come back and really thump them in the end. Yeah, definitely. I think to be able to um, yeah, to be in that position, I think I don't think I've looked back on it as much as yeah. People always bring it up and you think about it. But 
at the time, you just think of the win. You don't think about the position that we were in on that day one when I walked out the bat at eight for 120. Um, to then win by um, the margin that we did, I think, um, yeah, it's, it was an amazing test, um, especially being the first one. The first one, the boys, you know, c- coming back into the side, their first test matches back. Um, so to be a part of that um, and just, just to start the t- test series on a roll, I think, you know, all the pressure about Edge Paston and the crowd and, and what it was going to be like and the fortress that they thought they had there, to be able to win that test match and start the series the way we did was um, it definitely set us on our way. How about the series in 13-14, 5-0, same 11 each game. Um, at what point did you think you had it completely over England? Was it halfway through the first test? Was it Johnson in the second test? Was there a point where you just thought, we're going to blank these guys, it's going to be 5-0? Uh, I don't think you ever think 5-0, but I think probably going through the second test and seeing the damage that Mitch had obviously was doing to the opposition was 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 amazing just to be on the field with a guy that was in such good form and bowling so fast that yeah I'd never seen him consistently bowl that fast um he was bowling more consistent than he ever had and he was just cleaning them up for fun he was scaring them he was cleaning them up um it made it a hell of a lot easier to bowl at the other end um on the back of that so it was it was just an amazing series so I think during the second test we probably thought we'll really strong and in control, not to win 5-0, but to win the series. Um, and then once we won in Perth, um, we'd won the series um, 3-0. I thought from there that, yeah, we'll a massive chance then to, to be able to, you know, make something special of this series and, and win 5-0, which, you know, we ended up doing in, um, in the next couple of test matches. And, yeah, to be a part of a series that's, um, you know, a, a, a full a whitewash um, in an Ashes series, um, yeah, it was very special. Because 2013 was a really wild year. It finishes off with a 5-0 win. Only months before, less than six months before, you're in England and you're losing 3-0. I actually remember that tour. That was my first overseas trip with CA. And I'm standing there before the anthems at Nottingham. Uh, You know, the players are lining up down the steps there. I've got my little camera there and I look over and I see you and you give me this little wink. And I'm going... (laughs) What's going on here? And then you end up taking five for that day. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I, was just, I was just telling you to get your camera ready, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, obviously. I don't know why I was giving you the wink. You, you know, honestly, you must have been looking good. Um, but uh, yeah, it wasn't a bad start of the series. Um, that was actually a pretty amazing test match. We didn't win, but yeah. there's a lot of things that went on. Um, Ashton Agar, um, his batting performance. Um, yeah, it was obviously yeah, taking five was nice, but yeah, we lost the series, but uh, lost the test. But yeah, to see Ashton come out and play the way he did, and um, and then Hads and Pados get us so close, um, made it made it a really exciting match. I know he's your mate, but geez, Stuart Broad should have walked, shouldn't he? <laughs> would have been great. I think it would have changed the the whole makeup of that whole series. I think, but um, he smashed the first yeah. clip. What's Aline Dar doing? Come on. I don't know. I think um, I can't say too much because I obviously um, played a game with Trem this year when he smacked one to second slip when we we're trying to <laughs> hold hold on to a draw against Queensland and got given not out. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I can ever complain too much about um, about Brody not walking now. And that was Wolf's first uh, series as coach um, because before that you guys had gone to India. 
got beat 4-0. Uh, now, you were part of the, uh, the team during homework gate. Can you remember what you had to write down, what you wrote down for Mickey, what your homework was? Nah, I've got no idea. I can't, I can't even remember. My memory's not great at the best of times. Um, I must have, I must have put something in because I, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get dropped. So um, that's probably the one bonus. But um, no, I don't know. Um, I think it was just reviewing the last game about what we could do better as an individual and a team. I think something along those lines. Um, but yeah, it was quite a weird time with what went on with that. Um, it was the same time that I was playing basketball with. Um, Matty Wade, Gav Dovey and Grant Baldwin and we're playing a bit of two-on-two at some private school and uh, Wadey came down on the on the manager's Gav's, Gav's ankle and rolled his ankle and ended up um, miss, missing a test match. So that's about the most memorable thing from that series I think that I can remember was um, obviously not memorable for Wadey, but uh, yeah, I think ba- basketball shut down pretty quick after that. We've got to mention... Yeah, hat trick on your birthday. Is there any something different you can share with us? Is there an is there an angle? Or is there an anecdote that hasn't been told yet about that uh, about that moment? No, not really. Um, it always comes up, doesn't it? There's always something to be said about it. It's um, yeah, obviously being on your birthday. It's always um, something that pre- people like to remind you about. But um, yeah, I guess all in all, it's. Um, you know, it's obviously a big highlight, um, but I think, yeah, I, I did a podcast recently with Nearly Meadows and spoke a little bit about it. Um, for me personally, um, yeah, obviously it's a big highlight for other people, but the, the, that day just um, reminds me of the day Hughesy got hit. So mm. on a bit of a downer for, for us all, it's not um, it's not something that is a really big, big highlight for me as people make it out to be. Um, it's probably not as big a highlight, so... Um, I don't tend to, I'd never really up until then, I hadn't told many people about that. Um, I was only really, my wife that knew that um, my birthday is not really a great time of the year year for um, to to enjoy. So um, that's probably the only, that's probably the big thing with the, the go off the hat trick is that, yeah, it's um, obviously it's a big memory for some, but not a, not a big highlight for me uh, much anymore. I didn't actually want to ask you that. Richo wanted to, so uh, he wanted to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can I ask nah. as well? Do you ever go back? Do you watch the highlights? Do you ever like say in this period now where we're not playing cricket? Who knows how long we're going to play cricket? Do you ever go back and watch some highlights, especially that day? Uh, I do, I do, and I'm not not more so that I go back and watch them, but just more the people send them to me. So um, I tend to <laughs> on social media it tends to pop up every couple of days. Someone will send it to me, but I think. Um, like we are talking about before, all the challenges that are floating around at the moment. Um, when all that toilet paper stuff came out at the start and there was all, obviously all the people doing the juggling and all the different tricks and um, a couple of young blokes um, did the reenactment with the toilet paper um, <laughs> hat trick. Um, so that, that, that was actually pretty cool um, to, see, to see what they did. Yeah, the, uh, just reenact that um, sort of a TikTok style reenactment of the wickets and the celebrations and the umpire so um i think um yeah they got a bit of traction um so that they'll enjoyable to watch i think um because it, it is a big highlight um like obviously yeah it's, it's a bit of a, a downer like i said for, for me personally but um like i think in the in the history of the game and stuff like that and, I'll, and it's probably something i'll reflect on more once i'm definitely done from cricket and i'll look back on um because it is yeah it is, it is a pretty special moment um and an achievement. Are you watching old clips of you, uh, Richard? 
there's not much on there. There's not much on nah, there's there's the, the miss running out. There's the, the miss running out. There's that on there. <laughs> there's uh, so no, I, I just chuck Fox Cricket on. There's a few flashback games from big bashes in the past, but yeah, there's not as much as Sid's catalogue. That's for sure. I thought we weren't allowed to bring up the miss run out. I thought that was off the table. <laughs> no, only only I'm allowed to bring up. All right. <laughs> yeah. Still a bit raw. We understand. It is. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I want to say too close, but you're actually closer to the stumps. Um, <laughs> bring that up. Uh, I guess uh, a lot of people know you as a test bowler, Sid, but you were, you were part of that 2009 Champions Trophy winning team. I was, yeah. That was sort of my first sort of main member. one day tour. Yeah. What are your reflections of that? Because I just, I remember Ricky Ponting and Shane Watson just murdering attacks in the semi and the final. They were just on another level. They were. I don't. Uh, my biggest memory of that is the the celebrate the presentation though. Not so much the celebration. The presentation because we yeah. all got given as part of to go with our medal. We all got given a white jacket, <laughs> like the masters in golf. We got given a white blazer. We like we had the had the um the trophy on the on the on the breast of it. And yeah, so that was pretty um amazing to look back on the pictures of the the trophy presentation to see us holding up the trophy which is normally just in your in your colored clothing here is us in our colored clothing but we've all we've all got white blazers on which um which looks a bit rare actually but um i don't know where my jacket is i I, i've lost it over the years but um that's probably my biggest memory of that whole series to go with Watto and punter smashing the ball everywhere how can you lose something like that I don't know. I think I've got no idea. I think moving over the years um, and 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 passing it on. To, to be fair, one of my mates probably got it. They wore it the they probably wore it the somebody fancy dress or something like that. Just uh, a dress up thing or something. So I don't know. But um, I might have to try and see if I can find it somewhere. I would have thought baggy green, white blazer, side by side. In the <laughs> I don't know about that. The baggy, the baggy green, maybe on a, on a bit higher pedestal, and maybe the maybe the maybe the blazer down a little bit lower, um, possibly. But um, yeah, that was, that was it. Was a special series, that's for sure. Because yeah, it was my first sort of full series that um, that I was playing in the one day team. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And you were a different, not only bowler but person back then, weren't you? Like you, you look at the 2009 pedestal to the 2019 pedestal. You were more about um, finesse and skill later on than you were. You were bustling quick back then. I think uh, Matthew Hayden described you having a big engine, which is a big backside. So uh, a bit leaner these days. <laughs> I look a, I look a bit younger these days too. So I don't know. I don't know what's, what's happened there. But um, and and I, and I don't have the necklace on. Richo Richo loved, loved the old necklace Iconic. back in the days. Yeah, so I might have to get the shell necklace back back out for big for big bash or something this year, just to just to bring back the old days. We'll, we'll see what we can run, Richo. We might have to think of something. Yep. I might tips go in the head. I might get a yeah, maybe maybe a little with some tips. Uh, maybe a little a little thin headband. I might go to the Richo this year. Just get just yeah, to like keep that. the keep the hair out of my eyes or something like that. We'll see what happens. How about that? Your debut, test debut, baggy green. Um, who gave you your baggy green? Ricky Ponting. Um, so, yeah, it was sort of, back then it was sort of more just the, it wasn't as much to the past players. It was more just the captain um, would pass the hat over. Um, but pretty special when the captain's Ricky Ponting, someone that you'd sort of looked up to um, as I was growing up playing cricket. So, um, to receive that, 
uh, I can't remember a hell of a lot what he said. I think I was just too busy looking at the hat, looking him in the eyes, looking at the hat um, to remember what he actually said. But um, yeah, it was a pretty exciting time for me and obviously the family. And yeah, to um, I did I only found out late because I was pretty much um, came in. Stuart Clark um, didn't pass a fitness test the day before, so. Um, I found out with enough time for the family to get on the on the plane, um, and they pretty much arrived um, after tea on on day on day one. So um, they missed the the first bit of the the play, but they got got in the next uh, the next four days and um, got to spend a, cu- uh, a couple of weeks with them um, over in India, which was um, which was nice. You mentioned Ricky Ponting. We've spoken about the awe that he still has, uh, and you were lucky enough to play with him a little bit, and you've you've got. Because you've known him for so long, do you, have you got a bit of a, an edge in there? Because he's a, he's sometimes a bit of a an imposing character. But do you, can, do you feel like you can have a joke with him? You got the the playing history and the North Melbourne ties and that stuff. Are you able to have a joke with him? Yeah, I think it's it's still weird though for me. Like even <laughs> if I get a uh, like text text message pops up on your phone, you got Ricky Ponting pops up. Like um, as weird as that sounds, I played with him for yeah a long time. Uh, spent a lot of time going on the footy and. Um, watching footy with him, so um, I know him quite well. But it's 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 still it is still weird. Um, just yeah, I still get those butterflies like a like a, a crazy little um, a little fan, you know. So um, it is it is just probably grateful more than anything that I got to play with some of those guys that I did look up to. I think Mike Hussey, Matthew Hayden, Brett Lee. I got the d- debut with all those guys, um, and they're. To this day, even when I see them now, as as good a mates I am with them, it still gives me butterflies to yeah to either hear from them or or even catch up with them because um, yeah they were guys that I idolised as a young as a younger player. Richo, is there someone that uh, gives you a bit of a, a spook when you get a text message from? Um, I don't get too many texts from people. Maybe there's something in that, but. <laughs> Um, been quite a revealing no, interview. I, <laughs> more so being around people like Ponting is is the one guy. Um, yeah, I guess I'm I'm probably same age as a lot of the guys now who you know, like Smithy. I've I've grown up with him, so I'm sure if I was a young kid coming in the team now and you know playing with Smithy, you'd be in awe. But I've seen him when he was that you know chubbier little kid. At, you know, under 19 level. So I guess when you grow up with people, it's a bit different. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ponting's the obvious, obvious one, uh, having him around that World Cup team last year. And since you, you've made a test match wicket was Sachin Tendulkar. Um, I'm sure as the years go on, it's turned into uh, some incredible delivery that's pitched on leg, swung away, <laughs> taken the edge. Hados <laughs> caught it, it slipped, didn't he? He did. Um... Uh, you can't really tell too many lies though, because when, when you're bowling in India after about seventy odd overs um, on, on a flat wicket over there, there doesn't tend to be a lot of swing, a lot of movement, a lot of anything. So, um, I actually don't know how I found the edge, to be honest. Really, um, I think yeah, he, he was on a few runs by then as well. So, um, but yeah, to be able to yeah, obviously get that edge and Hados to hold onto it in slip um, and Sachin to be my first Test wicket um, was yeah, obviously amazing. Amazing feeling, um, but um, just all in all, just to get that first wicket, that's all you want to do. You don't care, like, I had to wait too long. Usually you like to get them a little bit sooner so you can just get out of the way. You can get comfortable and um, enjoy the rest of the day's play. But I think I was on edge the whole time until I could get that first wicket. But um, once I did, I did feel a lot more comfortable. 
Well, you've just mentioned Sachin Dandook. You played against some of the great players of the modern era. It's time to get to our best of enemies segment. And you're going to give us your combined best test 11 from players you've played against. Yep. Um, when I sent this through, I didn't give you the, um, the match or the conditions. So if you want to pick five spinners, go for your life. But I was thinking, you know, nah, this, this team, this team, this team's winning, winning everywhere around the world. Don't worry about that. Huge. All right, let's start off. Let's go openers. Who you got? I've got uh, opening up Alistair Cook and Graham Smith. Uh, two lefties, obviously. Um, yeah, great players. Um, very good captains um, in their own right. Um, but, yeah, they'll always tough opponents. So, they did well um, against us when we played them. So, they'll open up. I'll tell you I've what. Got... They'd get in the grind, wouldn't they? You want to get them. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for them to lock in. Um, if they will lock in for at least at least half the day, um, longer if they want. But um, yeah, if they lock in, uh, then the rest can go to work. And uh, I think yeah, we'll see after this that uh, there could be plenty of runs scored in the next uh, the, later in the day if the, if these boys come in late. All right, keep going. So we've got Kumar Sengakara batting at three. He's not wicket keeping, so that's why he's batting at three. Okay. I got Sachin Tanduka at four. We've got AB De Villiers at five. And and this, I, I nearly forgot to put this man in too. I actually had someone else in this spot, um, but um, and then I realised I'd made a big mistake. So Jax Callis then got put in oh. at number six. I had <laughs> left him out. Middle <laughs> so, order. What do we got? Sengakar, yeah, so, and Dulka, De Villiers and Callis. Callis, and then I've got keeping is MS Doney. So um, that's why if the, if the opening opening two can uh, can lock in and uh, see off that new ball. Uh, there's plenty of runs to be scored um, after those boys. So, yeah, it's a solid top seven, I would have thought. Out of that top seven, who was the hardest to bowl to in test matches? Uh, I'd have to say probably probably Graham Smith, I reckon. Yeah, right. I think out of all them, yeah. Um, yeah, he was just... I don't know. He was just a hard man to get out. I think, yeah, we had, we had a lot of trouble over the years getting him out. He's a tough competitor. He dug in. Um, Cookie was just as hard. Uh, I think, yeah, that 10-11 Ashes series that he had in Australia was yeah. one of the greatest series by an op- opposition player that I've ever been a part of. So, um, yeah, I think the, the two openers are probably the the two toughest that I had to play against out of, that, out of the top six, I reckon. You just needed Mitch Johnson to break Smith's hands. That's what he. That's, that's, that's what right. He did, yeah, hundred percent. He, 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 but he still came out the bat. That was the thing. He, yeah. Even after a broken head, he still came out the bat. Um, but yeah, Mitch, uh, Mitch was did play a big part in that. If Mitch got him early, then we'll we'll, uh, we'll away. But um, attended if Mitch didn't get him early, but um, he he stayed in for a while and and, and piled on the run. So, um, but yeah, no, it's not a bad top six. Richo, what are you making of that top seven? There's not many weaknesses there. No, no I get shivers thinking about that. But who, who did you have instead of Callis at the start? Well, I've got him as 12th man now. I, I know you only asked for 11, right. but he, he ended up going the 12th. It's Ben Stokes. Hmm. So um, I'm thinking about, yeah, obviously, he, um, yeah, he's, he's had some unbelievable series against Australia, especially in Test cricket. Uh, made his first 100 national series here in Australia in Perth. Um, and then the last series that we had just recently, um, he was unbelievable with bat. Um, his bowling's um, on his day phenomenal. So um, pretty handy player that I initially had in there and I forgot that I had to go through my, my nations and realise that uh, 
I played a lot against Callis, so I better put him in instead. I guess the longevity for Callis is just incredible, isn't it? Like 140 test matches, score all those yeah. hundreds and take nearly 300 wickets. I mean, it's just unheard yeah. of. Yeah, and then be one of the best slips fieldsmen to ever ever go around as well. So um, I think, yeah, his stats just, if, if you're a batter, you, you, you're very happy with his stats. If you're a bowler, you're still very happy with your stats. <laughs> um, but to be able to, yeah, obviously combine both those, like he's taken just, you think he, he's taken just as many wickets or just under Brett Lee. Yeah. Which, so that's, put, that's putting there like in the same, you know, position. I've obviously played a lot more test matches, but um, to be able to take that many wickets, we see Brett Lee um, has taken a lot for Australia and Callis took just under him. So quite impressive. All right. Your bowlers, bottom four. The bottom four, we've got uh, Stuart Broad. Uh, I know he's batting at eight. Um, he's batting nowadays. Wouldn't have him at eight, but he's <laughs> batting back in the day when he was when he was um, when he was on. Um, he's at eight. Um, but I'm not relying on these blokes to make runs. We've got plenty of runs up top. So yeah. um, we've got Dale Stain at nine, yeah. um, and then we've got uh, the only one spin option, and that's Rangana Harath, right from Sri Lanka. And then we've got uh, rounding out the eleven is um, Jimmy Anderson. That's a red hot bowling attack. He's a decent team. Yeah. So um, yeah, obviously spin was always going to be the one. Um, and yeah, it was probably um, played against the, obviously a lot of different spinners. But yeah, I think um, Haraf was always one that troubled us a lot, um, and had a, had a lot of success against us. And yeah, it was a it was a classy player. So. He, you, he took the nod pretty. Were you part of that 2016 series where he just tore us to shreds? Yeah. So, yep. yeah, that, that's the thing. It was there, obviously. It was over in Sri Lanka back early days. I think it was about 2011. Yeah. Um, when Trent Copeland debuted that, debuted that series over there. Um, he, he was unbelievable, that series. Um, I don't know. Left arm spin was always been, was always done pretty well against us. I think Dan Vittori had a pretty good record against us. So, yeah, Harath was the man. Um, not bad, considering he came after Murley and still took four hundreds of his own. So, uh, to come in and, and, and do the job, he's a, he's a pretty handy spinner. But plenty of good spinners around, but uh, I reckon he's the, yeah, he was the best. Who's getting the new ball? I mean, you've got to think Anderson gets it. He's a great swing bowler. But do you go with his great teammate, Stuart Broad, or do you go with arguably the best fast bowler? Of the past fifty years, Dale Stane, it's it's a tough one. Oh, oh no, Dale Stane and Jimmy are definitely opening up. Um, and Jimmy can run into the wind. Don't worry about that, and he doesn't mind it, so that's all right. So Stane can have the first over, bowling with it, um, doing his thing first up. Jimmy, Jimmy, have a few into the wind, see how they're going, and then Brody can come in first change. But um, yeah, you can't go past Stane opening the bowling. I think. For players that I've played against, uh, he's definitely the best bowler um, I've played against. Had some really good battles with him, but just watching him play is amazing to watch. Luckily, got to play him in the Big Bash this year and got to see him run around again because, um, yeah, he's a beautiful bowler to watch bowl. So, um, yeah, he, he's definitely the, the main man in that bowling attack. It's great watching him in full flight and when he pulls out those crazy eyes. Like, it's just on another level. Yeah, well, you say that when you're watching it, but when you're batting at the other end and he, and he, he walks up, walks past the umpire and goes, oh, yeah, I'll come around the wicket thing, some. And you're at the, you're at the striker's end. Um, 
you don't really want to you don't really want to see those eyes coming at you when he's charging in, um, letting them go at, at your head. But um, yeah, like I said, it had some great battles, and I think um, yeah, just to be able to face someone like that when they're at their peak of their powers was um, was obviously yeah, awesome experience. Richard, it must be unfair when you look at a, a bowl like Dale Stain, who's got pace, swing, endurance, um, basically every skill set, and it's like ten out of ten. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? You just go, well, that guy's, that guy's blessed with those natural abilities. I can't do much about that. He's, yeah, he's the perfect perfect bowler, isn't he? Everything about him, run-up. If you, if you were to ask a fast bowler what would they model, you know, perfect run-up, he's probably ticking every box, isn't he? So, um, and especially when you actually meet him in your life, he's not, he's not tall. He's, there's not much of him. But then he just, it's just the way he goes about the run-up, the delivery stride. It's just beautiful. Bowling perfection, so... He's my favourite player, apart from Sids. He's my favourite player of the last <laughs> ten years. He's, I could, I don't tend to watch a heap of cricket and lo- like love watching it, but if he's bowling, I'm definitely watching. That uh, that spell at Port Elizabeth in the 2014 series, you might have been out, Sids. You might have caught one from him in that game. He took four or five wickets yeah, there. Yeah, a few. Caught him and him and Mornay were bowling fast and just trying to rattle us. It wasn't um, it wasn't fun at all. You got the uh, series win, so it doesn't matter. That's correct. All right, that's he, it. He's, he's, no, he's also one of the greatest celebrators of a wicket I've ever seen, I reckon. I know Sam in South Africa was watching his... There's, there's YouTube highlights that go for 10 minutes of just him celebrating his wickets. So I'd encourage everyone to have a look at those. You've got plenty of time. Unbelievable celebrator. He's got a chainsaw, doesn't he? He's sort of gone Brett Lee. He's got, uh, yeah, crazy eyes. He's he brilliant. is, because that's the thing. He gets into that the real fast bowler, just crazy mental and... He, his celebrations just go to another level, especially when he's in a big spell and he's cleaning up. If he's on a roll in a spell, the celebrations just get crazier and crazier. And I think that's that's why we love it. As much as mm. you hated playing against it, and that's why I love watching him bowl. Is yeah, obviously the bowling side of things, but he's just passionate. He wants to win, um, and it's yeah, it is fun to watch. Richo, you brought out the Hulk celebration in the BBL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I copied that. I think Zamp, Zamp's actually copied one of um, Dale's celebrations in South Africa. It was like a into the ground punch, but then let it go kind of thing. So he's trying to copy Dale. I don't think he has the eyes for it. But <laughs> in terms Sid, of bowling, Sid's had crazy. You had some crazy eye moments as well, Sid's. I can remember. Over yeah, the they're years. usually in the appeals. They're yeah. usually in the appeals. Like, yeah, I, I tend to go get their arms out and just go nuts. <laughs> and then once the umpire gives it, that's when I turn around and celebrate. That's usually, yeah, I, usually the crazy um, comes out then. But I think the crazy ones probably on that is, I remember I got this wicket at the MCG. It was like my, it was only my third test, I think. We were playing South Africa. And I'd actually bowled Neil McKenzie. I'd bowled him. But because how he sort of shifted across the stumps, um, it, I thought it hit his pad, which I think it did as well. But he covered the stumps, so I'm going crazy, appealing, like going nuts. And then this, there was this photo that came out that was like of all the slips and the and the keeper. <laughs> They're all pointing at the stumps because I bowled him, but I couldn't see it. So I'm going crazy. The umpire doesn't really know what's going on either. Um, so yeah, that was probably one of the one of the funnier ones, just because yeah, there's no need for the LB, but here's me going nuts. <laughs> I reckon there was a good... Uh, you went a bit crazy in the first Ashes test of 13-14, but you didn't take the wicket. I think John O either got KP or Anderson out and you've given 
Give it a little bit of a gob. Put <laughs> <laughs> away out. Yeah, that was that's, that's the good story. The funny thing about that is that that backs up with the one we've all heard with George Bailey and Jimmy Anderson having that go back and forth um, at Bat Pat. Mm. So his story, what was that uh, about? What was it about being ugly or? You've got a, you've got, got a, a face I love to punch or something like that. Love the punch. That's right. Yeah. So that, so that, that was there. So everyone was pretty much either in slips or behind, behind square leg. Like everyone was, there was no one in front of, in front of the wicket. So I was the only other person in front of the wicket and I was at like a short cover, like a bit of really short cover, um, pretty much under his, under his nose as well. So he's obviously going at George. I'm going at him and there's just lots of banter going on. And then, yeah. And then obviously, um, Mitch gets him out, um, and me being uh, excited, and obviously uh, uh, getting, <laughs> always love getting into the opposition at the best of times. Um, I thought I'd jump on top of that. Everyone's celebrating, I'm just hopping into him. So um, yeah, it was obviously a good start. In your in your international career, who who gave it out the best? Like from a, from an opposing team, like who did you walk out there knowing you're going to get a, um, a couple of words from? Oh. Matty Pryor was always a tough one. I think KP, KP was always chirpy, but um, I was probably pretty lucky that I kept getting him out, so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, cop, I didn't, I didn't cop his grief as much as probably some of the others. But I think Matty Pryor, we played against, I played a lot of cricket against England, um, and a lot against him. So um, him and I always had um, some good run-ins, whether he was batting or or I was batting, whatever it might have been. Um, we had some good battles. Um, on the field, um, but yeah, he's probably the chirpiest. But especially being a keeper too, he was always there. Um, yeah. The keepers tend to be um, the chirpiest a lot of the times. Perfect, because uh, that's a great team, Sid. Thank you for doing that, mate. We're going to go into your career quiz now, which is uh, <laughs> you guys are you guys are um, big NBA fans. Have you, you're aware of Inside the NBA uh, on TNC? Yep. No. Nah. You don't know. You know Shaq and Charles and Kenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, they've got this segment called Who We Play For to test out Charles Barkley's um, knowledge of the current players in the game. And one week they yep. gave him five players who had moved during the season. He got one out of five. And then the next week they gave him the same quiz again. Uh, he got one out of five, but got a different answer correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the spirit of that, we're going to give you the same quiz that we gave you in September ahead of the, the fourth Ashes test. <laughs> <laughs> the one that you, you dodged up. Well, so to speak. But um, so you know all the answers. You've believed this. Uh, it's about your Ashes career. Uh, however, you've got to take off the last game you played. So that hadn't happened yet. Okay. All right. So um, your first Ashes wicket. Uh, I'll go Paul Collingwood. Or closer is Andrew Flintoff. Oh. I think you went cook last time. Yeah, I think I went too early. And then I thought, and I was thinking, no, nah, I would have bowled first change um, a bit later. Yeah. Jeez. Better process. That means I didn't, get, I didn't get a wicket for ages then. That's horrible. Yeah, I didn't want to bring that up. <laughs> okay, uh, how many Ashes wickets? So you don't include your last one or your last game? I don't think I took many in the last one anyway. I only took two. I think 70, I'll say 76 then. 78. I thought I thought it was seventy eight, including the last one. Last yeah, is it, is it? Yeah, no, no seventy eight. But I, I reckon I reckon I'm, I reckon you were wrong there. Since I'm giving you that, 
What do you I reckon? reckon, I, reckon I reckon it's. I reckon I took seventy-eight Ashes wickets, and I reckon. Come on, get on, get on Google now. I'm doing it. Good, because I reckon I took seventy-eight, so I'm taking off the two from the last test. Jeez, this the integrity of the quiz is at stake here. Yep, you can't find it. Yeah, okay. live podcasting. We got it here. Well, it's not that live. We're going to cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> all of it. All of it. Okay. <laughs> Wickets against England. You took 80. <sighs> ah. So, well, yeah, well, there you go, then. Oh, mate, I just, hey, I'm allowed. I've got two, de- two debt referrals, so I thought I'd use one. <laughs> you're, down, you're down to one. Okay. Owen, oh, so you got very close last time. Uh, now, this one, of those 78, how many were right-handed? 62. Oh, you were closer last time. You, you went 50, and the answer's 52. I can't even remember my answers last time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, becoming, that's becoming apparent. Uh, how about, uh, well, this one you did get right. Most dismissed batsman. Oh, that's, that's easy. It's Matt Pryor. Yeah. How many times? Pretty sure he, he was 11, KP 10. Yeah, spot on. Uh, how about your highest score in Ashes contests? I got this just wrong, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, is 44. Spot on. The first test. Yeah. <laughs> I was nearly going to answer that wrong then. <laughs> just need to get one more correct to beat your last score. Uh, number of sixes. Three. Oh, you went two last time. You've put one on. Uh, just one. Graham Swan. Slog sweep in Melbourne. Slog sweep. All right. This one you got right. Uh, your Ashes record. How many wins? I can't even remember how many I've played. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm just going to guess. I can't. I can't. I can't remember. I'm a bit blank here. I'm going sixteen. You won uh, nine. Is the answer nine tests? You won nine of the twenty-three at that Three. point. Yeah. Oh, at that point, I was well, well off then. I was just. Well, there was only one more game, and you didn't win that either. So it didn't change. Yeah, true. Um, was nine. You said at that point because you and Alistair Cook had had eight each. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. If I had to remember now, yeah, I remember doing that together. We did yep. that for that interview. That's how I remember that because I'd, I'd done that interview fresh just before it. Excuse and the bloke me. told us. <laughs> All right. Uh, the toss. So 23 games at this point. How many times did Australia won the toss in those Ashes games? 12. Eventually it was 12, but it was 11 at that point. I thought you were counting the last one. Just shows the just shows the toss <laughs> works. It was twelve twelve. There you go. All right, last couple. Just need to get that last one. How many players have you played with in Ashes Test matches? Australian players. Forty five. Thirty nine. And your last one. This is to redeem it. This is for the win in your Ashes matches you played. Those those twenty three. Who's taken the most wickets in those games? In the in the twenty three that I've played. Yeah, most Ashes wickets. Me. He's done it. He's done it. You went Mitch Johnson last time, but you've corrected and backed yourself. Well done, Sids. There we go. Jeez, that was painful. That was a lot harder than it should have been. What's the final score out of 10? <laughs> We've given you a three. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. To be fair, there's some pretty naff questions there, like toss results and, you know, yeah. right-handers over left-handers. I mean, come on. No, it's very impressive. That's horrible. Well, there you go. Thank you, mate. Um, I know we talked about watching um, Netflix and stuff before, smacking it. Uh, you must be excited for the Michael Jordan doco that's going to come out next week. 
Oh, that's what I can't wait for. I'm a bit. It's a bit disappointing that you have to. They only they're only putting two out at a time, so you have to actually wait a week for the next two. So, um, but it'll give us something to look forward to. But now, looking forward to that. Um, I just finished reading Kobe's um, book. It wasn't a biography or uh, autobiography or anything, but I just finished that recently. So um, obviously, there's a lot of floating back to him talking about Jordan. So that's um, rekindled my love for for MJ back in the day and thinking back to how good he was. So I'm um, looking forward to this series. Didn't realise how close those two were until Jordan spoke at his um, funeral. Yeah. So um, I think, I think, yeah, Kobe obviously didn't really look up to anyone because he thought he was the best, which he, which he was. Um, but he just wanted to uh, mould his game on, on Jordan. I think um, if you, there's actually good YouTube footage of yeah. screenshots of those two doing the exact same moves in game and shooting and, you know, spin moves and all that type of thing. And it's, it's actually like synchronized. It's amazing how similar they were. And, and Kobe did, he just molded his game to, to look like his. So um, it's, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to see, see everyone. Cause not a lot of people would remember Jordan probably the way he went about it. So it's, it's going to be nice to look back and look into the past a little bit. And I think people are realized, you know, obviously everyone loves LeBron these days, but, I realise how good MJ was. Yeah, uncompromising. Uh, you're going to watch that, Richo? I mean, you haven't watched the test, but you'll watch this one. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch this one, I think. Here we I, I love this one. I love this one. I'm looking forward to the back end when the worm, Dennis Rodman, comes to Chicago. That's what I'm looking forward to. Because oh, yeah. there's some amazing stories about Dennis Rodman. So have he's a watched, personal favourite of mine. Have, have you watched Dennis Rodman's 30 for 30? Yeah, I have, yeah. Oh, amazing. That is amazing. Have you, have you watched that, that, Sammy? No, I haven't seen that one. Is it, is it about, about going to Korea and things like that as well? It is at the back end. But yeah, like a lot back, of it's yeah. about his like career and stuff. It's like because he was an amazing athlete. Like he was undersized. Um, it was pretty much it was it was small for what he how he played. Hmm. Um, but he was just a freak. Just rebounds, and right? Defensive. He player. just wanted re- that's all he wanted. He didn't want to score. Yeah. He just wanted to get rebounds. No. Yeah, he he wanted like because he knew individually he's not going to be the most like you know he's not going to get all the awards and all that type of thing. So he wanted to win one. So defensive player of the year and rebound. That's all he wanted to be the king of. So no, you're um, old. Who's the, uh, the Dennis Rodman equivalent in Australian cricket? How do you compare? <laughs> Off field yeah. or on field? Like, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if, you, if you're talking about his personality, he's a bit, he's a bit of a freak and a bit, and a bit different. So you could probably put Zamps and, um, and Stoin in that category. Richo, <laughs> Richo's got a slight little bit of, uh, a bit of Dennis, Dennis in here. No worm, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on field. Who likes getting like their hands Buc- dirty? Like, yeah. Like Bucky Rogers, like knuckling in at the top of the order, sort of players like that. You probably, you probably look at, um, mm. Yeah. You put Bucky like Rogers it. and Dennis Robin side by side, and there are there are not uh, two more opposite people. And so that's the difference thing. That's the, that's what everyone thinks of. They think of Dennis Rodman. They just think of what he's, his personality and what he was off the court. But then if you try and compare him to what he was on the court, um, he was pretty much the ultimate team man for, if you wanted to win, and which showed. Yeah, I read the teams I read he played book. with. They won. I read a book on Jordan, and they said that. Uh, yeah, because he clashed with everyone, MJ, pretty much except for Pippen. But uh, even those two clashed early on. But he just sucked it up because he knew that he could get him titles. So yeah. he just put up with it. 
but they people forget that his glory days weren't as much at the Bulls. They were more like Dennis Rodman was a beast when he early days with the with the Pistons when they were back, when they were the bad boys and they were winning championships and stuff like that. That's when that's probably when he played even better basketball. So people sort of only only see him as the crazy man that played for the Bulls, but he was the he was the beast back at uh, in his early days. Jeez, it makes you just excited for this and just uh, you want to see more of these type of docos with the sporting teams, don't you? I think the test has been fantastic, shining a lot on the Aussie cricket team, but you almost kind of want to do one every every couple of years just to so you capture all those moments. No, agreed. I think um, that's probably that was the enjoyment for me before we even did this. The, the stuff with the test was um, when I was over in England. They've they've been big on Amazon over there. Um, following around sports teams. So like Man City, um, the All Blacks have done it. Um, but a lot of American sports, the Dallas Cowboys and um, a couple of other teams have done it as well. So to follow those and see how they go about it um, was sort of like a little bit of an entree to how ours might look. And, and in the end, ours came up, yeah, um, just as good. What did you think of Richo's performance on there, Sids? Uh, Richo's always <laughs> always good, good, isn't he? Like he, he He's the man. No, I reckon I had love five seconds screen time, like total. <laughs> you you always love seeing Richo pop up. Like, even just looking at his face right now, it's, um, <laughs> it, it, make, it makes you smile. He's, he's a great man, and um, actually miss him a little bit. Haven't seen him in a while, so cut that bit. He needs it. Nah, we'll keep it. That's <laughs> what that about bringing people together. That's all right. Spread That's the right. love. We're all in that together, aren't we? <laughs> we are. We are. Thank you so much for coming on today, mate. You've got uh, a dozen and one Dalmatians to, uh, to go and walk and feed and, and Correct. prune and whatever you do with them. Um, so, uh, mate, appreciate it. Good luck um, during isolation. Stay healthy. And we'll probably chat to you again later. Cheers, boys. Enjoyed it. Um, yeah, same to you guys. Stay safe and uh, hopefully see you very soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.